two inflammatory words, one wild drink, nectar imprisoned in a bottle. Let it out. It's cruel to keep a wild animal locked up. Uncap it, release it, stand back, wallow in its golden glow in a glass beneath a white foaming head. Remember, enjoying a raging bitch, unleashed, untamed, and unbridled, and in heat, is pure gonzo. Hey everyone, this is Nico again. So who you just heard is Erin Weston, and she is the Senior Director of Communications for Flying Dog Brewery. We have a really incredible fan base when it comes to, to Flying Dog. And she was reading off the label of the brewery's Raging Bitch Belgian-style IPA. It's a delicious IPA. The liquid inside the bottle is art itself. And she was reading it off at a press conference in Washington, D.C. on May 31st to announce the formation of a First Amendment Society. My goal for this organization is to educate, advocate, and defend the fundamental rights that are constantly being threatened by the same democratic body that established it. Now, if you're wondering why the senior director of communications for a brewery is announcing at a press conference the formation of a First Amendment society, your confusion isn't misplaced. Unless, of course, you know the story of Flying Dog. Freedom of speech. Fundamental rights. Freedom of uh, conscience. Academic freedom. Freedom of press. And the right to listen. You're listening to So To Speak, the free speech podcast brought to you by FIRE, the foundation for individual rights in education. Now, back in 2009, when the brewery was trying to place the beer in Michigan, sell the beer in Michigan, it ran up against the Michigan Liquor Control Commission. Uh, The Michigan Liquor Control Commission, which approves the sale of all types of alcoholic beverages in the state. The commission banned the sale of Raging Bitch because its name, its artwork designed by Gonzo illustrator Ralph Stedman, and its label, written by Ralph Stedman, were said to be detrimental to the health, safety, and welfare of the the general general public public within Michigan. And banned from being sold in the state. Now, if you're not familiar with Ralph Stedman's artwork, you need to look him up to fully appreciate this episode. His art permeates Flying Dog's ethos. Cartooning meant more to me than just funny pictures. I needed to apply it as a weapon almost. Ralph is a British artist, writer, sculptor, cartoonist, and designer who collaborated with the late great author Hunter S. Thompson to create a genre of journalism in the 1960s and 70s that came to be known as Gonzo, first-person satirical critiques on society and culture. In a literary way and also in a political way. Hunter, of course, is the author of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, a savage journey to the heart of the American dream. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, it starts off like a rocket. That was mad genius. And other classics such as Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail and the Kentucky Derby is Decadent and Depraved. Most of Hunter's work was illustrated by Ralph Stedman. Flying Dog did not take that blatant violation of our First Amendment rights lying down. So it filed a lawsuit, a First Amendment lawsuit, in response. A freedom of speech lawsuit. After an appeal to sell Raging Bitch in Michigan was denied, we sued the state and each individual commissioner. Listeners of the show aren't going to be surprised by the fact that this story caught my eye. So I thought it might be interesting to reach out to Flying Dog 
to reach out to Aaron Weston, who is now the executive director of the First Amendment Society, and to reach out to Jim Caruso. I'm the general partner and CEO of Flying Dog Brewery. To see if we could visit the brewery, learn a little bit more about it, learn about its gonzo background, learn about Ralph Steadman, and learn about why a brewery is getting involved in the fight for the First Amendment. So I headed down to Flying Dog Brewery out in Frederick, Maryland, with Aaron Reese and Chris Mulpey, who edit this podcast, to get a tour of the brewery with Jim Caruso. All right, we're almost to Flying Dog right now. In a quarter mile, turn right onto English Muffin Way. <laughs> Apparently Flying Dog is near English Muffin Way. Maybe a Thomas's Bakery or something around here. Should make a English muffin brew. Actually, look at Thomas's. Oh, there you go. You called it. <laughs> there we go. There is a Thomas's. Turn right onto Wedgwood Boulevard. You have arrived. Oh, cool. There's a giant bat on the side of the building. It says Flying Dog below it. Slightly like a chipped out version of the Batman logo. Looks like we're in some sort of industrial park, but you roll into Flying Dog and you see all the Ralph Steadman art. Looks like a silo, a wooden silo outside the building, actually. We got a lawnmower guy sitting on the lawnmower. It looks like he's texting. Not much mowing going on, but let's head on in. Got everything? Yeah. The Flying Dog Brewery building is a gonzo trip. There's bat and blazing merchandise to your left, there's a bar on your right, and there's funk music from the band Galactic playing overhead. Most importantly for your dear narrator, the beer is flowing early on this hot afternoon that had already reached nearly 100 degrees. You don't get the sense that there is fear and loathing here in Frederick, Maryland, at least not today. Hey, how's it going? I'm well, Good to see you. you. Good to see you too. Yeah, we showed up about 10 minutes, 15 minutes okay. early. Chris and Aaron work on our production team. They okay. do video editing and right on. podcast sound design. Yeah. All that fun stuff. We set her stuff down, and she introduces us to Jim Caruso. Jim. What's up? All right. Nico. How's everything? This is Aaron. Chris. Fantastic. Are you cool with us recording while you walk us around? As long as you bleep out fuck. <laughs> In case you missed yeah. that, Jim just yeah. said, as long as you bleep out here, fuck. We're, we work for a free speech organization. We don't bleep out fuck. <laughs> I grew up on, uh, you ever see the movie Goodfellas? It was the highest fuck count of any movie in 1990. But I grew up in Little Italy. Fuck was like the word the. It was like every other word. So sort of just talk like that because uh-huh. it comes out. But. Ever see Goodfellas on TBS or something where they have to bleep out all the fucks? Yeah, it's just uh, like it's not hilarious. working. I mean, yeah, it's like you, airhead. I know. <laughs> You're ruining the movie. Quick visual description. The brewery's walls are covered floor to ceiling in Ralph Steadman's artwork. Bats. They're everywhere. All of our art has a story behind it. And Ralph Steadman, now 80 years old, has been designing Flying Dogs labels since 1995. Back then, craft beer labels were kind of clip art, but we, early on, had always believed in this creative expression, this artistic expression. So we thought, who better to express us than Ralph Steadman uh, and his art? Over the years, Ralph Steadman has designed about 50 labels for Flying Dogs beers. We have this incredible original artwork that graces the outside of every single bottle that comes out of this building. This is Aaron Weston speaking. Uh, we, you know, kind of submit the, the name and the concept and kind of some notes on the actual beer itself to Ralph. Putting my marketing hat on, you know, we kind of, we think about, oh, this is a new fall beer. We love fall colors and just kind of that natural association. Ralph does whatever he goddamn well pleases and it's brilliant. And we are like 
children on Christmas morning, you know, to get that artwork back. And when we originally submitted the name Raging Bitch to him, he said, it's taking you guys 20 years to give me a name like that. He did the, the artwork itself. He wrote a little poem, uh, you know, enjoying a Raging Bitch, untamed, unbridled, and in heat is pure gonzo. Uh, you know, and so we said to him, Ralph, you know, we're going to use your poem as well. And he was like, well, do you guys want me to brew the beer for you too? You know, it's just <laughs> we were the- under a deadline. <laughs> Ralph just spews poetry. So we asked them, how did they name the beer? We use El Diablo yeast, the devil in Spanish. Uh, That's the Belgian yeast that we use. In fact, Raging Bitch is the first commercially successful Belgian-American IPA. We took our American IPA and used Belgian yeast. It's an aggressive yeast. When you see Raging Bitch fermenting, it would be overflowing. It's a raging yeast. Bitch is a dog. So it's 2009, we're sitting down trying to come up with a name. Back then it was a marketing person that I was working with in Denver, one of our marketing directors. So we said, well, it's a raging yeast, bitch is a dog. We thought it was kind of funny. She said, I have to go home and ask my mom. I'm like, cool. <laughs> she comes back the next day and goes, my mom loves it, so does my sister. Jim asked the rest of his colleagues what they thought of the name Raging Bitch also. Came back to the brewery, and it was our 20th anniversary. Talked to the ladies here because this is not something you want to ask the guys about. And I said, this is our 20th anniversary. We have several names. Uh, This is, you know, Raging Bitch. They loved it. Everybody loved it. Uh, One of the comments to me was, based on who you say you are and we are and what we stand for, I'll be forever disappointed in you if you don't do it. What we stand for. We had to ask more about the unique culture at Flying Dog. And when you walk in the brewery as a team member, I don't want you to put on your flying dog work persona. We want you to walk in here going, I'm me. And it's fun, it's interesting. You know, people have a great sense of humor, and that's what we go with. So we're this merry band of um, seriously interesting people. (laughs) (laughs) And Jim is not kidding around when he says the company is composed of some seriously interesting people. Started with George Stranahan, Flying Dog's founder. He's 85 today, brilliant guy. He's a PhD in physics. He founded three progressive schools that are still in existence. And he was a friend of Hunter S. Thompson's. Hunter was a lifelong friend of George. Uh, he moved into one of George's properties in 1968, right after completing the Hell's Angels, a terrible and tragic saga. And he was hanging out in Aspen. George was looking for a tenant. And when he heard about Hunter, this is back in 68, Hunter wasn't that known. His comment to Hunter was, I know you. And everything tells me that you're not an asshole. So would you like to move into this place I have up here? And it was yes. Well, maybe he was a bit of an asshole. Here's Stranahan speaking later in the documentary Gonzo, The Life and Work of Dr. Hunter S. Thompson. Hunter was my friend and neighbor, the man who never paid his rent, broke up my marriage, and taught my children to smoke dope. Jim told us the story of how George Stranahan gave Flying Dog its name. Behind us on the wall is an image of George Stranahan. In 1983, George decided it would be a great adventure to climb K2. K2 is the second highest mountain in the world. It's also the most dangerous. The nickname is the Savage Mountain. It's never been climbed in the winter. One out of four people who try to climb it, they die. So he has no technical mountain climbing experience, uh, just a bunch of innocent people. even has a flag made called the March of the Innocents. Oh. By the way, he also brought his 18-year-old daughter with them. On day 17, they run out of alcohol. And this is serious because they were some major druggies and drinkers back then. George, being the adventurous soul, says in spite of no alcohol, we're pressing on. 32 days later, they're at Rabalpindi, Pakistan. 
They're kicking back, and on the wall is a beautiful oil painting of a dog in a position you'd never see it. It's four legs in front of it, its ears kind of blown back, its hind legs tucked up, under, up underneath it, almost like it was Superman about to take off. They named it the Flying Dog. George goes back to Woody Creek, to his mountaintop home, renames it the Flying Dog Ranch. And then in 1994, when we created the brewery, of course, it became the Flying Dog Brewery. A group of drugged up, boozed up, inexperienced friends climbing K2 in the 80s. Gonzo is still alive and well at Flying Dog, though maybe with less drugs. Freedom of speech, that ability to express yourself and share your ideas is what's you about you. And so that sense of creative expression is a huge part of what we do. Uh, and there's virtually nothing you can do around here that's off limits in that regard. <laughs> Between giving the brewery a name like Flying Dog, Ralph Steadman illustrating their labels, and the adventurous spirit of its founder and employees came as a shock when the Blue Noses in Michigan banned the sale of Raging Bitch. You get approved at the federal level, then you have to get every state to approve your label. It's a routine process. It's just a lot of paperwork that goes back and forth. And we sent it out to Michigan. Never even occurred to us that we'd be disapproved. We get some sort of piece of paperback, looked like it was just an acknowledgement of the beer. We get a call from the brewery, said the state police will confiscate the beer if we don't have the wholesalers pick it up. I'm like, really? I called to say, what's the problem? You know, I figured the, the font wasn't right. You know, because they can regulate it. It has to say, uh, don't drink when you're pregnant. I figured it's something wrong, you know. They said, we can't tell you. You have to appeal it and come here for the appeal. In the meantime, you're prohibited from selling your beer. And this ban from the Liquor Control Board in Michigan wasn't actually the first time that Flying Dog has dealt with this sort of thing. They had already had a run-in with the beer art police in Colorado. Road Dog, one of our original labels, uh, these black and white stripes, for those of you in the radio audience, it's a, it's a very wicked looking character with a court jester hat and black and white stripes. And these are prison bars. Uh, Hunter wrote an essay for the release of this beer. And it was the story that he wrote about Road Dog, I think he made it up, that they were these characters from the 1600s. And then he finished with this saying that says, there is an ancient Celtic axiom that says, good people drink good beer which is true then as now. Uh, so Ralph is painting this label uh, live on the BBC. They were in his studio uh, just doing a short documentary on him. He's talking about his friend Hunter, wrote this essay, Good People Drink Good Beer, and he splashes on it, good beer, no shit. Of course people drink good beer. And this all happened around 1995. We get the art, we love it. It's cracking us up. We put the beer out there. State of Colorado said, that's obscenity, you have to pull it off the shelf. We said, it's art. And shit's not really an obscene word. Uh, and they said, well, you can say that if you want to. We'll just take your license or you can pull the beer. We pulled 15,000 cases back. Uh, and then we ran on that label, good beer, no censorship, just because that's who we are. And we put it back out there. Didn't think a whole lot of it until Mark Silverstein, bless his heart, the regional director for the ACLU, and he was based in Denver. And he still is, actually. Mark still works for the ACLU of Colorado as its legal director. On his own picks up this case, takes it to the Colorado Supreme Court, and wins. So Flying Dog won the case in Colorado, and they weren't going to roll over with Michigan either. Well, it takes a few months to set this up, and I don't have an attorney. I just show up there, and of course, you know, they're on the big judge's podium, and I'm down here, and they have the, somebody from the attorney general's office. And the first words to me was, this is not about the First Amendment. I'm like, great, what's it about? Because <laughs> Meg just like wrapped this thing up. They first said it was sexism, then it was obscenity, then it was the word bitch, then it was the art, and then it was the copy that said, raging bitch. 
two inflammatory words, one great beer, you know, blah, 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 unleash it, unbridle it, in heat, and so forth. One of the commissioners actually said, well, this, this term, in heat, that's troublesome. And I said, well, not to shoot myself in the foot, but we've been selling a beer in Michigan for six <laughs> years called In Heat Wheat that you've approved. Though confusing, Jim was able to decipher that much of the board's decision rested on the name of the beer, Raging Bitch. So then I find out that they approved a beer from the UK called Blonde Bitch. So I go, okay, well, I was a precedent. This will be easy. If it's the word bitch, they've already approved it. I look for it on Michigan. I can't find it sold anywhere. I track down the importer who says, oh, yeah, yeah, they approved that. Uh, but then a short time later, they unapproved it. Dogfish Head did a Bitches Brew beer. Oh, that was kind of the turning point. Yeah. Dogfish Head, Sam Calgione, good friends of ours, introduces a beer for the 40th anniversary of the classic Miles Davis album, Bitches Brew, from 1969. Uh, and they rejected it. And so when I asked them about it, I said, well, what about Blonde Bitch? They said, well, we can't talk about uh, other cases. I said, okay, well, I'm curious. Was Bitches Brew uh, rejected? They said, we can't talk about it. I said, okay. Well, let me ask you this. I know you don't, but hypothetically, if you had the authority over record stores, would you ban the sale of Bitches Brew in record stores? And they said, yes. So Jim and Flying Dog appealed the board's decision. The commissioners that rejected it, I saw their names. And when I went there, I see the same names up there. And I said, well, I'm not an attorney, uh, but this is an appeal and just, I'm guessing an appeal is supposed to be like a third party looks at somebody's decision. They said, well, you're correct, Mr. Caruso. So you might more aptly describe this as a reconsideration. And then four months later, they go, we've reconsidered our decision and we agree with it. So, <laughs> so fed up, Flying Dog filed a lawsuit and they hired a Washington, D.C.-based constitutional litigator named Alan Gura to represent them. What was also interesting was shortly after we filed the lawsuit, uh, thanks to Alan Gura, a couple months later, I don't remember how long it was, they lifted the ban on Raging Bitch. So, lawsuit gets filed, the ban gets lifted. You would think that's the end of the story, right? But it's not. And that's what makes Flying Dog different than other companies. And they said, this has nothing to do with the lawsuit. We happened to be looking at some Supreme Court rulings, and it prompted us to review our regulations. And if we've stricken from the regulation, this catch-all category that says, in spite of the massive regulations that we have for liquor, that if, in the opinion of the Liquor Commission, that something is detrimental to the health, safety, and welfare of the citizens, they can ban it. We've struck that from it. I go, well, that doesn't really help, because you can put it right back in next year. Yeah. So if you're willing to admit it's unconstitutional and you violate our First Amendment freedom, we'll settle up for a dollar. They wouldn't. They refused to. Michigan could have paid a dollar and just admitted that they'd violated Flying Dog's First Amendment right to free speech. But it wouldn't. So, this began a six-year legal battle at the federal level with Flying Dog over their constitutional rights. Violations of constitutional rights, it becomes not just a petty tyranny, but a major tyranny when it's with a governmental regulatory agency. They can make laws with nobody voting them into office. They can enforce those laws with the state police. They can make it so outrageously expensive, you know, that you're not going to sue them. So it's that bit by bit that regulators and people with a personal agenda, uh, and this, is, this happens in all 50 states, uh, are able to impose whatever prejudice or self-righteousness or bias that they have as opposed to just, you know, facilitating an industry. Hunter S. Thompson once said that there is no honest way to explain where the edge is. The edge. There is no Because the only people who really know where it is are the ones who have gone over it. So I asked Jim if he would consider Flying Dog an edgy company. 
Sure, I think edgy is a good word. Uh, and in fact, I used that at the Liquor Commission. I said obscenity. I said, you could call us edgy, sure. First of all, Ralph's the most lovable human being you'd ever meet. You know, it's like your great uncle. He plays the ukulele, tells jokes. Everything he gets out is on paper. So yeah, edgy's interesting. In fact, I would go so far as to say that anything interesting in life is at some edge. And Flying Dog was willing to fight for those things that they found interesting at that edge, including the artistic package that went into its raging bitch beer. It was never about the money or the damages. So uh, when you file a lawsuit, you have to claim some damages, even though Michigan lifted the ban on raging bitch pretty quickly. I used my background in economics, put together the most conservative estimate possible so that if we ever did get to the point where we're discussing damages, there's not even any discussion. They'll know that, if anything, they're going to pay us a lot more than what we're requesting. So that we just took that off the table. It's not about the damages. We had numerous opportunities to settle this, and they would have cut us a check for legal fees and damages, but not admitted they were wrong. So that was, that, we were like, that's not acceptable. You have to, the point here is that you committed a crime by violating our constitutional freedoms. And long after every other company would have settled and sold their beer, this just stayed alive with us. And our goal had always been to find some way to be part of this conversation about freedom of speech after the publicity about the court case. If it's not clear already, from its founder George Stranahan, to the gonzo influences of Hunter S. Thompson and Ralph Steadman, to Jim Caruso today, Flying Dog is passionate about self-expression. We're artisans. We, we want to express ourselves. That we're very much into freedom of speech, freedom of you know, creative expression. We're innovative and resourceful. Uh, we want to make a difference in an artisanal, artistic way. And we happen to make beer. So, we just had to take a tour with Jim. And it was a fear and loathing trip through the entire building. All right, let's get started. Are you recording? Yeah. Oh. We passed through a bunch of different rooms in the brewery. As we go through these double doors, we're going to go up the stairs. We're walking into what we call the back of the house. Then we have the cellar. We have packaging. Now we're moving into the fermentation cellar. We're going to take a walk down to small canning operation. We're in the conference room now. We're going to carefully make our way. We have our merchandise store. This is definitely not part of the public tour. He showed us all the various equipment. We have uh, brew kettles, louder ton, four silos, mash mixer, again, that's tanks and vessels, the calandria, conical tanks called unitanks, goes out to a troop tank, it's the Rolls Royce of fillers, and took us through the scientific process of making craft beer. Beer is fermented, wine is vented, spirits are distilled. Then the barley is malted, we have microbiologists, all the enzymes that we need, nutrient rich endosperm, complex carbohydrates and proteins, simple sugars, maltose, sucrose, fructose, large proteins into amino acids, alcohol is a byproduct of the fermentation. Yeast is a single cell organism, we actually use a human septimeter, the same thing. Primary fermentation, mitosis, creates dog ethanol, which is alcohol, and CO2, carbon dioxide. So at this point, our heads are spinning, and it wasn't because of all the beer being served up. We'd learned about the science and economics of craft beer, and Jim had talked about the incredible journey that Flying Dog had taken over the years. But you still might be asking, why would a brewery use its resources to take on the state to show that its constitutional right to free expression had been violated, after the ban had already been lifted. Well, remember Mark Silverstein, the ACLU guy who took on Flying Dog's Colorado case when they wanted to put good beer, no shit on the label? After they won that case, a reporter asked Mark Silverstein, amongst a crowd of people at the Tattered Covered Bookstore, one of the most famous independent bookstores in the country, why would the ACLU expend their resources on defending a brewery? Here's Jim telling us how Mark responded. Why would the ACLU dedicate its limited resources to something as sophomoric as a beer label? 
Silverstein didn't even hesitate. He looked at the group and he said, constitutional freedoms are never lost overnight. Uh, there is no constitutional freedom more important than freedom of speech in a free press. And the U.S. is the gold standard for that. And when constitutional freedoms are lost, they're never lost overnight, even in your most brutal dictatorship. They're lost bit by bit, chipped away at without people taking a stance. This is about anything but a beer label. Where there's smoke under the door, the fire's not far behind. The audience was speechless. But it resonates because that's who we are. This is how we express ourselves. So part of our DNA, and this is what brings people together, it wasn't just that we have this brewery and let's fight for the First Amendment. A group of us came together George Stranahan, Hunter S. Thompson, Ralph Steadman, Mark Silverstein, and it just resonates with us. Um, that's why we take it upon us to do our small part to be defenders of this constitutional right. And in March of this year, after six years in court, Flying Dog won their case at the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit. The dog fight to vindicate their constitutional rights paid off. Here's Jim again in the brewery's tasting room. What's so important about this, the Raging Bitch versus Road Dog, Road Dog was the Colorado Supreme Court an administrative ruling that applied to Colorado. This is at the federal court level, federal court of appeals. It puts every liquor board in all 50 states on notice that freedom of speech absolutely applies to beer labels, wine labels, and spirits labels. This is the first precedent-setting opinion at the federal level that puts people on notice, and Alan Gura, is there with all his documentation ready just to fill in a different name for a distillery, winery, or brewery for the next state that rejects a label for capricious, arbitrary reasons based on the personal map of reality of some liquor board. So they won their case and set a precedent at the federal level. Back to Aaron Weston at the press conference in Washington, D.C. Last March, after an almost six-year legal battle, the United States Court of Appeals ruled that the ban violated Flying Dog's right to freedom of expression and ruled that each individual commissioner could be held accountable for their actions. Flying Dog used the damages from the case to establish the First Amendment Society. The brewery prevailed, and as WHAG's Nick Munson tells us, now it's using the damages to form a First Amendment Society. To raise a glass to the arts, journalism, and civil liberties. Our goal had always been to find some way to be part of this conversation about freedom of speech after the publicity about the court case. And there's tremendously great work being done by FIRE, the museum, the First Amendment Center, and we wanted to be part of that conversation. So it was easy for us to want to create the First Amendment Society. I talked with Erin about it, and she made it happen. You know, my, my goal, you know, as, as starting off with the First Amendment Society is to, to make it tangible, to make people understand how their different rights and freedoms are threatened. People, you know, nowadays you bring up banned books and, you know, people are like, what, really? Like, they're still doing that? They don't even know who they is, you know? Mm -hmm. So the, the way that we, if we can craft programming, not just on our own with the incredible organizations who are already out there kind of fighting the good fight, um, if we can craft programming to really kind of make it tangible and understandable to, you know, our fans and, and kind of the, a growing base, then that would be perfect. Part of the First Amendment Society's programming includes a partnership with the Frederick County Public Library to host a series of talks in the Flying Dog Tasting Room about banned books. The series is called Freedom Reads, and on the evening we visited, a professor at the University of Maryland led a conversation about the often banned Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. I expect you already know that the Harry Potter series is a frequent and popular target of book banning. 
the response has been phenomenal. And, you know, to see, you know, our local library system, you know, come out in support of this issue is, is I think, really progressive for them. Public libraries in Frederick County will drink to that, and they're organizing free events to address free speech issues. They also started a scholarship program. Yeah, we're working with the uh, University of Maryland's Philip Merrill College of Journalism to establish a scholarship. Um, I'm personally fascinated by what is free speech from an individual standpoint and from a journalistic standpoint. Mm -hmm. To be able to kind of latch onto that element as well is, is pretty fascinating and cool. Here's Jim again. It's like that's what this world is about, mm -hmm. that you have a chance to make a dent. Uh, and yeah. we're not doing this for publicity. It's uh, some of the legacy we leave behind. Uh, it's fantastic mm -hmm. uh, that, that I'm not just a brewer. <laughs> yeah. Not anymore, at least. <laughs> we ended up spending the whole day at the brewery. We drank good beer, talked gonzo, free expression, and near the end, Jim left us with some final thoughts about one of his favorite words. The enemy of excellence is very good. It's not being poor, but there's a level above excellence. It's totally fucking amazing. And here at Flying Dog, it's either totally fucking amazing or not. Flying Dog isn't all bark and no bite. Creative expression imbues everything the company does and the company produces. And the people that work at the brewery aren't the type of people that will censor their art to satisfy some government official's sensibilities. As Jim said, what Flying Dog puts out is either totally fucking amazing or it's not. Today, Raging Bitch sits proudly atop store shelves in Michigan, a testament to one company's fight to preserve its identity. So next time you're at the liquor store, pick up a six-pack of Raging Bitch. As the late, great Hunter S. Thompson said, buy the ticket, take the ride. Freedom is something that dies unless it's used. I want to thank Flying Dog, and in particular Jim Caruso and Aaron Weston, for letting us visit their brewery in Frederick, Maryland. If you're ever in the area, I highly recommend you visit the brewery and check out the Gonzo-inspired walls for yourself. Its tasting room and brewery are open every week for tastings and tours. And if you're lucky, you'll get to meet Jim and Aaron in person. You can learn more about Flying Dog and its new First Amendment society at flyingdogbrewery.com. This podcast is hosted, recorded, edited, and produced by me, Nico Perino, and my trusted colleagues Aaron Reese and Chris Maltby. The music comes from Gulture Records' Kurt Vile, and the song is called Freeway. To learn more about So To Speak, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash freespeechtalk, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. You can also email us feedback at so2speak at thefire.org, or call in a question for a future show at 215-315-0100. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider rating us and posting a review at iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. Until next time, cheers. <laughs>